Hi, welcome to the Stella Life Innovator Series. I'm Liz Lundry, the Clinical Education Manager for Stella Life, and today we're going to be presenting Dr. Jin Kim. Dr. Kim is a true innovator with a periodontal practice in Diamond Bar, California. He's been a lecturer and clinical professor at various universities such as UCLA and the University of Sydney. And he's active in many organizations, including the North American Society of Periodontists, or NASP. And Dr. Kim is the founder of the Global Dental Implant Academy, or GDIA. They provide live surgical courses, including implant placement, soft tissue surgery, restorative courses, and more. He's going to be offering the GDIA Life Surgery Continuum in Southern California starting this November. And today, he is going to be talking to us about guided post-surgical healing. We're so happy to present Dr. Jin Kim. I'm Dr. Jin Kim. I'm a periodontist practicing in Southern California. Um, most important thing of all the list up there is the fact that I am one of the directors uh, for the Seattle Study Club in Southern California. We are called the West Coast Study Club. I'm going to spend a few minutes with, uh, with you talking about guided post-surgical healing, what we can do to do better to our patients so we can avoid these kinds of disasters that we see from time to time. I'm not going to pinpoint chlorhexidine as one source, but this is, I believe, very closely linked to issues like this. See, if we do not use chlorhexidine, for instance, we are under the fear that we may be getting a post-surgical infection of some sort. Here's a patient who presents two weeks after surgery, did not take the denture out, did not brush his teeth, and did all the normal activities, but did not use chlorhexidine. But there's no infection per se. In fact, that white, um, material in the, in the roof of the mouth is actually dead skin, basically epithelium that sheds, uh, sheds and piles on top as a result of not brushing. But we don't see a sign of post-surgical infection. In fact, would you like to pour some strong chemicals on a very delicate surgical wound like this immediately uh, after surgery in the first week or two when the cells really need to do their job to heal? So let's really think about that. Chlorhexidine is a very popular uh, chemical that we use for many different things. Unfortunately, chlorhexidine is a very, very effective chemical. It actually kills bugs very well. Unfortunately, it's a very effective chemical in that it kills everything that it comes into contact with, including the oral uh, epithelial tissue that we want. So these are some of the uses for chlorhexidine. It's been used very widely in clinical dentistry for the past couple of decades. And chlorhexidine has this mechanism of use. Basically, when it comes into contact with the cells, and it doesn't matter whether it's bacteria or your whole cell, they seem to attack the cell membrane to the point where the cell membrane bursts. And that's a very simple mechanism as to how it works. Uh, Pucher and his group back in 93 did a very simple study where they looked at the effect of chlorhexidine in different concentrations and try to see what it did on human fibroblasts. Uh, to cut to the chase, when we dilute uh, chlorhexidine even about 60-fold from what is the normal therapeutic use that we use from the, the bottle, uh, it still killed a lot of fibroblasts, and this slide is very disturbing. You see, our main target is this. 
the bacterial pool that we tried to kill. And one must convince uh, each other that there's so much bacteria that all of our surgery is going down the drain. But then, you know, the truth of the matter is, is it's not that much of an issue. In modern day, uh, post-surgical healing is quite uneventful. So why are we throwing very strong chemicals? So let's look at some of the other effects like the cytotoxicity. And it's very clear when chlorhexane is used, especially immediately post-surgical, it tends to affect the fibroblasts. And this particular paper shows that because fibroblasts are selectively uh, killed off, the tension tensile strength of the wound, namely when the incision line is pulled, it rips open much easier in the early phase of the healing. So these kinds of studies have been available, and this is actually my mentor, my, uh, Dr. Barry Kenny from, uh, uh, from UCLA. Their studies going back have shown time and time again that it affects other white cells and helpful cells that we really need uh, in the healing process. Now here is a classification of how our implants tend to open up. It is a ca category of different types of exposure. And uh, many times when we encounter these kinds of unfortunate situation, most of the key opinion leader tends to say, well, you either have to open it up earlier on, or you may have to just use something like chlorhexidine to quell down the possible infection. But what are we really doing? Are we really helping the cells? Or are we really disturbing the wound and making things worse? I think we really need to really look, really look at this particular topic. I think chlorhexidine can be used in the following four categories. So post-surgical, as you realize by my bias here, I can say it's probably not the best thing. So do we have some alternative? And that is, once you have an acute injury, we want the injured site to have as minimal amount of uh, inflammation as possible, goes through a lot of active fibroblast activity on other cells that come into the area and do their job, and together with good blood supply and nutrition supply that makes the wound heal well. Here's a good example. This is a typical type of surgery that I do on a daily basis that uh, frankly, it's one of the most uncomfortable uh, situations for the patient. It's a, what we call the free gingival graft, or what we normally also call expensive graft. It's where epithelial tissue is taken away from the roof of the mouse. And in, in today's world, we use platelet-rich fiber and a concentrated growth factor to uh, serve as a wound dressing. Here, lots of things have been done in this patient. Uh, implant was placed immediately. Uh, gingival graft was done in the vestibular area, the facial surface. But let me show you. Here is uh, some gel that we're putting on. It's actually a natural source. Uh, it is a commercially available gel called Stella Life. We tend to liberally put that on before the surgery and after the surgery, as a matter of fact. Uh, it comes in the gel form. Uh, and liquid uh, rinse form. And this is a patient that we saw recently at a uh, implant training program that I run in Tijuana, Mexico. So Maria Angelica just had the surgery finished. You can see the wound in the roof of the mouse as well as on the buccal surface of her lower right side. This uh, natural medication was applied. It contains arnica and all kinds of goodies. And uh, honestly, I'm not smart enough to even know what those ingredients are. All I know is that it actually helps the healing process as opposed to killing the cells that inadvertently we've been doing with chlorhexidine. This is a 24-hour post-surgical image. To look at it side by side, you might say, what's the big deal? It doesn't look any different. 
But here's a fact, many of these surgeries do become quite uncomfortable. Swelling, edema is very uh, naturally uh, associated with injuries like this. And this is the roof of the mouth at 24 hours also. And here she is, the patient, uh, Maria Angelica. Actually, I cut the audio down for this purpose, but she's actually telling us that the first 24 hours, which we expected to be quite rough, uh, this was not only a brutal surgery, it was actually done by a trainee dentist who's not very, uh, uh, you know, proficient on this procedure. So you can imagine the surgery was a little more rougher than average. But despite that, at 24 hours, she's describing to me, to us, that it was not a big deal. It didn't hurt very much and the gel truly did help. So I think there are alternatives like this on the market. I'm not going to go into the details of how to use it and so forth. I think you can visit the website of these friendly people and get more information. But the three steps that they advocate is a systemic uh, spray under the tongue that actually causes uh, an environment of anti-inflammation. We use it immediately before the surgery and immediately post-surgical. It is a naturally uh, natural ingredient so people can swallow it and it does not tend to interfere with the healing. Here's my good friend Jason Stoner. Everybody knows Jason Stoner. He actually did a split mouse design study in his own uh, patient, in his own office. One side was Cellulife, the other side was Chlorhexidine. Exact same procedure, uh, alloderm type of gingival graft. Uh, the outcome was pretty much the same in terms of clinical variability. However, in terms of patients' pain, edema, redness, you can be the judge as to uh, what the, the differences can be. Uh, this is a slide from Dr. Tack, an oral surgeon in the Chicago area, and he's done a pretty gross, uh, significantly traumatic surgery, assist removal, and uh, this is a one-week post-op. And I can vouch for this because what I'm seeing since I've started to use uh, this type of approach is that we're seeing like a three, four-week healing in a typical one-week, which is a much more accelerated response that people tend to see. This is a very common thing that we unfortunately do see from time and time again. Uh, exposure of graph material, exposure of dermal matrix material, which can very quickly turn into a disaster. And in this case, just simply using uh, this uh, product uh, tends to rapidly quell down the inflammation and somehow get you out of trouble, namely secondary infections. Uh, this is another case where a mucositis, lichen planus type of lesion, uh, is healed uh, simply by application of this type of uh, medication. In fact, my sister has very severe autoimmune uh, situation, uh, diffuse inflammation, redness, erythema, and so forth, uh, associated with pain. And she's been using uh, the gel and rinse uh, consistently, and she seems to be quite free of that. And there are many remedies, but this one seems to be very, very effective. Is chlorhexidine still valuable? today in clinical dentistry. So again, this back to this slide where these are the four predominant area that chlorhexidine can be used. But I'm gonna be saying that post-surgical use is probably not the most effective way of doing things. Then how about therapeutic? Therapeutic use, a recent article in the JADA has sort of put a final nail to the coffin for the so-called therapeutic use. You see, if you use uh, chlorhexidine adjunctive to scaling and root planing or other non-surgical therapy, look at the vast literature out there that's been collected, the data that has been collected in various institutions over the past several decades, and the benefit is truly marginal, if that. So it's quite debatable, and the experts are now pointing to the fact that maybe this isn't that helpful. No benefits. So in my practice, I do not 
The reason why I don't is we see treating periodontal disease is hard enough. It is a behavioral change that we're trying to provoke onto our patients. It's hard enough to motivate them to get them to understand the etiology, the cause, and get them to be responsible and take care uh, of their home care in a meticulous way. And we give them a half a dozen things to do. Why do you want to add another thing like a mouse rinse? Uh, and many people may overestimate the effect of the medication, and that might take away from their home efforts. So there's some psychology in there. So I try to keep things as simple as possible, floss, use antiproximal brushes, do whatever is necessary, but let's not get them to rely on this magical potion. Therapeutic. Uh, it's very, very effective in the prodromal syndromes for uh, aptos ulcers, for instance, so I use it for that. Surface disinfectant. You see, this is something we do every day. We have things coming in and out of the patient's mouth, cross-contamination might be an issue, and what do we use to uh, surface disinfect things like this? That big jar on the right of the screen, which is glutaraldehyde. Now, I don't want to see glutaraldehyde in my mouth or my patient's mouth. I don't mind using glutaraldehyde to surface wipe the floors, the chairs, and all sorts of things you want to do, but if it's something that's going to return to the patient's mouth, say retraction, uh, you know, retractors or other instruments that go in and out of the patient's mouth, dental mirrors that we, you know, we don't want to autoclip, then I think the better thing to use is actually chlorhexidine because chlorhexidine is potent. It does kill germs effectively enough, so why not use something that can be put into human mouth when there's no wound, active wound, so why don't you use it for that? So we have little spray bottles uh, of these in each and every room. So when somebody takes an impression, for instance, I want them to use that everywhere before they take it out of the room. So I would rather chlorhexidine over cavicide. Pre-surgical rinses and wipes, absolutely. Here's an example of how I use it. Uh, every surgery, we actually have surgical drapes to keep the area clean, but that skin, you don't want any um, bacteria sitting in the skin because that sort of breaks a, a sterility chain. So we wipe down the face, especially around the nose, the lips and ears and wherever it, you might have physical contact and then put the drape on. So when the drape is on there, everything in our surgical site is truly sterile. Interesting paper from USC. Um, they actually, the Perry Department did a study where they looked at the bacterial content of exposed PTFE membranes. And interestingly enough, some of those samples contained skin flora. Where would you, why would you expect to find them? Hopefully from the operator's hands, and because if you are touching other things, the patient's ears, uh, nose and whatnot, you know, their chances are you might have taken those bacteria into the surgical wound. So that is very important. So guided healing. Let's really give this a new thought and new perspective. And let's see other things that we're doing and taking for granted that we've been doing uh, habitually. Is it very wise or is it not? So let's rethink that and let's see if we can use chlorhexidine or not. Thank you for your kind attention, and this is how you can get a hold of me if you do want to contact me. Thank you, Dr. Kim. I've had the pleasure of attending several GDIA courses, and as a clinical instructor myself, I'm impressed by Dr. Kim's skills and his approach to teaching, providing one-on-one -on -one instruction and making everybody feel encouraged. We at Stella Life want to help you get the best clinical results. We'd like to invite you to contact us for a complimentary trial of our guaranteed Vega oral care products that Dr. Kim uses. 
Stay well, stay safe, and join us next time.